Welcome to The Rachel Quizup Show. In today's episode, I'm speaking with an incredible human, Kristen Oxiger. Kristen is a sales page and website copywriter on a mission to help small business owners write humanized copy that converts ethically. Kristen believes the anecdote to coercive, exploitative marketing techniques that hurt consumers and our profits is sales content that feels like an enthusiastic invitation, not a manipulative demand. The result, more qualified sales that feel good for you and your customers and stronger referrals going forward. Today, we're talking about her famous nine grid Instagram funnel and how to create a social media strategy that honors your humanity. I know you're going to get so much from this conversation with Kristen, so let's dive in. I'm so excited to talk with you today about your nine grid Instagram funnel. When I first heard about this, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be the answer to many of our problems because many of people in my community are burning out creating content for social media and they're not even seeing results from all of their hard work. So we, before we dive into all of like your incredible advice and more of your story, would you explain to me what this nine grid Instagram funnel actually is? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So I last year decided to create and launch a strategy for Instagram called the nine grid. And so the nine grid essentially works like this. It is nine posts that stay in your feed forever or as long as you want. And they remain static and they have really strategic information inside to teach people who have just found you, new followers, new leads, what you do, who you do it for, and how they can work with you. So the nine grid is actually a static sales funnel to help you stop posting to the feed so you can spend all of your time actually using the other parts of Instagram that get you more engagement. Yes, this is so cool. I remember a few of my peers like showed me and that they've switched out to that and they said it's really, really serving them because like you said, you know, we're spending so much time trying to populate the feed and all of us then don't reshare any of the content on the feed, right? Like we're not in stories. We're not replying to DM and DMs. We're just like, you know, heads down, bum up, like creating content. And I know that I can sometimes get in that pattern as well. And in actual fact, when I just reshare old content into my stories or I get in the DMs, that's where the sales happen, right? Mm-hmm. And so how did you come up with the idea, like this idea in general? And like, did you use any evidence to help you make this decision to stop posting to the Instagram feed? Like, how did you kind of come to this decision? Yeah, that's a great question. So essentially I was burnt out on Instagram. I was hustling so hard to create content for my stories, for the feed, sometimes posting reels using hashtags, trying to network, share DMs, and uh, be really active everywhere. But I noticed that the algorithm, no matter how often I posted, no matter what hashtags I used, was not pushing my feed posts. And the engagement that I was seeing on my feed posts specifically got lower and lower and lower over time. 
I have been in the entrepreneurial world, this online business setting since 2012. And when Instagram business first kicked off, it was a lot different. You could use hashtags. You knew that you would probably be found by the right people. And over time, as this industry has become very saturated and Instagram has developed new algorithms all the time, I noticed that those likes, those comments, even my posts were just not getting seen. And so I was having to reshare them a lot in stories. And even if I did that, people would not click through to read them or to engage with them. But my stories engagement was high. Like my stories actually got me the most engagement out of anything that I actually did on Instagram. And I actually liked them. And I thought to myself, well, if I'm not getting any engagement and I'm feeling super burnt out by posting to the feed all the time, and there's no ROI that I can see coming from that, why am I doing it? I had a lot of holiday stuff coming up because it was September 2021 when I decided to do this. I had some weddings and some family stuff to attend to, and I just could not bear the thought of having to divide my attention even more for something that was not getting any results. And so I decided to just quit posting to the feed. And I created a very quick, very rough outline of a sales funnel, created nine captions and a puzzle graphic for my Instagram and posted everything in the middle of the night. And I removed and archived every single post that I had ever posted, which was like somewhere in the 300, 400 range. So by the time my followers woke up, there was a new grid and it was permanent and there was nothing else on my feed. Oh, I wish I had like the guts to do that. Although I do love posting content, but recently um, I have considered like, how can I use Instagram and social media in general, like better? Because you're right. I do spend a lot of time posting content to the feed and it doesn't do so well. And then you'll get on a stories and you'll say it, and it does better. And it's like, why, yeah, why am I posting to the feed or why am I using the platform in this way? Have you found that your strategy has changed at all those since reels? Because I'm finding now that I could post the simplest and I would say as a copywriter and a marketing coach, you know, I really sort of average reel and it will just like the reach, if we're talking about reach in general and those leads and that attention, not necessarily the conversion, but the reach, off the charts, right? And then I post something that's like really strategic and all of that to the feed or even stories. And again, it's just not going as well anymore. So if you had to kind of reconsider your strategy with Reels or it's not affecting it at all? Actually, it hasn't affected that at all for me. So I was never a big fan or user of Reels beforehand. Like I might have created maybe a dozen or less total in the last couple years since reels came out. I like them. I don't mind watching them. I think they're fun. Sometimes they're really funny and I love sharing them with my friends. And I've liked the ones that I've made too. Like I've had fun with that, but it's not my preferred way of hanging out on Instagram. And so I decided when I archived my feed and I posted the static grid, I was going to go all in on stories because that was for me, the thing that was kicking off the most engagement and react like it was actually gaining the most traction. It was the stuff that was being reshared a lot. I networked more often over there than the reels and especially my feed posts. So I put all of my efforts in that basket 
And to date, I have posted a couple of reels just for fun only when I want to. And yes, their reach is amazing. Their reach gets me a lot of views. Um, and I don't have to create something super strategic. It doesn't have to take a long time to make, which is beautiful, but it has not proven to lead to any results for my business. And I think that's the whole point of this nine grid. It allows you to turn the focus of your new leads and your new followers, wherever your business actually gets the best engagement. My best engagement is not reels. And so I'm not going to point people there. I might make them if I want. And I do reshare them in my stories just for fun. And sometimes they're really well received. Um, but for me, because I know what does work in my business, I am funneling people to those places and I'm watching that pay off with incredible results. So since I actually posted this in September, 2021, that was 11 months ago, I have just now replaced my nine grid with a new one. I haven't had to touch the feed. I haven't had to edit it. I haven't had to post anything else. And during that time that I actually got to go all in on stories, my views of stories increased 300%. I get dozens of organic follows and shares and DMs per week without having to do anything else other than what feels good to me. And it's partly because of the novelty of this. A lot of people have heard about it. They're telling their friends. A lot of people want to know. It's still something that feels new and interesting to people because not everyone is ready to jump in. So there's not a lot of us doing it. So it's very creative. People are paying attention. But it's also allowing me to shine where my natural personality, my energy, how I utilize my teaching skills, how I teach the best is stories. And because I have the freedom now to actually go all in where something is already working, I'm watching those results just continue to skyrocket. So if you love reels, you can take this method and still use reels and probably still get incredible reach. And I definitely think that if I invested in a reels strategy over time with consistency on my end, I think that my reach would increase too. Yeah, I agree. It's about sort of showing up where you naturally shine and communicating in a way that you want. So I'm doubling down on my podcast episodes and also uh, like email newsletters. And then I'm just using social media at the moment as a way to kind of get interest and then kind of push them to other ways. And that's working really, really well for me because I'm wanting to do more in-depth long form content. I swear to God, if I have to like sit through any more like five second reels with like loud music and jumping around and stuff. Like it's just not my jam as well. And I feel you, like, I think it's really smart to think about how you actually want to, you know, show up in air quotes, because that's what's going to work best for you, where you push all your energy to. And it's also worth noting that you've been sticking to this strategy too. You said like, yes, it's new and interesting, but this is something that you strategically like thought about and put a lot of energy into and stuck with. And I think also like flip-flopping around is what's causing us a lot of issues. So what are other changes or decisions did you have to like make behind the scenes in your business to ensure that this strategy would continue to bring in your clients and sales and allow you to kind of invest your energy in the right spots? I love this question because I feel like I'm going to answer it in a way that you probably aren't expecting when I published my nine grid, I had no other thoughts. There was no future strategy. There was no, 
uh, data that I was writing down. I wasn't tracking anything. I was just sick and tired, honestly. And I knew that one thing and one thing only was performing on Instagram for me. And that was stories. But what I also knew was that I had never made one sale via Instagram. All of my custom copy packages have exclusively been purchased by people who got word of mouth referrals from me in my email from other clients. I have never sold anything on Instagram prior to setting up this nine grid. And so there was a risk involved because I was starting to sell some really awesome sales page templates. And I wanted to go into the DIY crowd on Instagram because my audience on Insta is so different from the people who hire me for custom work. And I wanted to be able to actually sell to those folks. And so there was a risk in doing this um, that I would kind of have to not expect immediate overnight results. It was more of a long game that I was not already seeing that kind of engagement. And so I could take the risk. To me, it made sense to take the risk. I also was able to feel safer about it because my engagement on stories was pretty good at the time. Um, I knew people trusted me. I had some great DMs and I had people who, even if they couldn't afford me or they weren't ready to work with me, they consistently had messaged me about telling their friends about me. So I knew I had leads. I knew that I had leads that I needed to work on warming them up, but that was clearly not happening in the post. And so that gave me the courage that I needed to just jump out and try it. And I knew that I could change my mind. I thought to myself, I could post this and I could decide in one month from now to unarchive all of my posts and I'll be okay. Um, it wasn't something that I felt had to be permanent. I didn't know what was going to happen on the other side, but I was too burnt out to continue the way that I had been going. And so it was worth it for me to take the risk just to see if I could get my creativity back, if I could feel more comfortable on Instagram again. I was so frustrated, so burnt out, so tired, so exhausted that I had started doubting myself. It's hard when you don't feel validated or you don't see engagement come through after you're putting in all this hard work. And sometimes it can wear on you and it makes you feel like, oh, maybe I'm actually not very good at this. Or maybe I'm not a good copywriter. Maybe I'm not a good marketer. Maybe I am not the expert that I think I am. And you can start telling yourself a lot of lies because you don't have a sense of validation that can kind of back you up. And now I don't think our validation lies in numbers at all. I don't think vanity metrics speaks to our worth as human beings. And I definitely don't think that people with higher vanity metrics are any more expert than someone with a hundred people. We really can't pigeonhole people into numbers like that. But I do know how it feels to post things and not see anybody feel them, hear them, respond to them. It almost feels like all your hard work has been met with silence and it could be really frustrating. And if I was going to continue to feel like that, it was only a matter of time before I deleted Instagram. So I decided to step back where I could and invest where I wanted to, to see if I could stay, find a reason to actually stay. And yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I 
wholeheartedly agree with you. I've been in those phases of business using social media, particularly when I first jumped on Instagram and mm-hmm. still figuring it out. And I resisted for so long because, you know, back then you had to have lots of photos of yourself. And I was like, I'm a words person. Um, you know, I still love teaching, but I was like, I want to teach in real life, not like getting on stories and talking to my phone. And I got over it, um, you know, and found the love for it and found a community. But for a while there, I was on it. And I was like, I am sharing content, like you said, you know, that works so well when I teach it live, that is so well received in my email. I'm getting all these referrals on Instagram. And it was literally crickets. And it's funny because it's changed now and I still have a really strong word of mouth, um, you know, and referral strategy. And I love that you mentioned that because so many business owners are not talking about that, which is probably a whole podcast episode in itself. But um, yeah, like now I do get um, majority of my sales from Instagram, from live events, everything like that. But again, I'm like you having to reevaluate like what parts of Instagram actually attribute to those sales. Cause I, I admit it, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I'm burnt out. You know, I haven't had a break in years. I've been creating content consistently through the pandemic, coaching all of my clients, creating content for my other corporate clients. And the last thing I want to do is get on Instagram and share content in a way that is being recommended in a way also that I know would get me sales and conversions, but are they the right sales? Are they the right people? Is it sustainable? Yeah. And and I'm like already questioning that. And I know the answer and you obviously do too in your gut. Like there is a risk of me going, nah, I'm going to post this double down podcast, but I also have data to back it up, but I know I can't keep up with this. So if I keep trying, it's not going to happen anyway. The podcast won't get you know, recorded emails aren't getting written already now. And I'm just like, I can't keep, I can't keep going. And I know my clients are feeling the same. And many of them are still in early stages of business. Like you said, and they're creating incredible, incredible content. And it's just crickets. Like there's absolutely nothing. And I know that they are, you know, having a call to action. They are having key messages, you know, we're working together, but it's just in the end, sometimes I think it's a platform and, you know, that, person and it's just not connecting. It's like, not that you're wrong. It's just, it's not the right connection. And I love that you've been able to figure out like what can work for you and actually start, you know, getting sales and knowing that people can come to your profile, find out about you, refer friends. Like you're still doing all of the things that Instagram is meant to do. It's just doing it in a unique way. So I would, oh, did you want to say something? Yeah. So what I think about is we got into entrepreneurship because we are flexible, creative and adaptive people. And I know that there is a sense of security that comes with knowing how an algorithm works and feeling like you know what to do to get results or you know how to work with the algorithm to hopefully see the intended outcome. Right. But we have learned that Instagram is always changing and we can either choose to stay really frustrated or we can stay adaptable. And that doesn't mean that we have to do everything Instagram tells us to do because we're the ones who pay Instagram. Like we're getting Instagram their money. And you know what? Like I've had conversations with so many other people who are feeling the same way. They're feeling lost or burnt out or stressed. And I just want to encourage you that first of all, you are adaptable and you can adapt. That's why you're in this business in the first place. 
you can create and develop new strategies that work better for you that will be more sustainable. And this can be a really great launching pad for you to realize what doesn't work for you. And you know what? It's okay if it used to work for you and it doesn't work anymore. We're human. We grow. We go through all of these life stages. I used to love posting three to five times a week to the grid. I loved it. It was one of my favorite parts of Instagram. And I felt like a failure the more burnt out I felt until I realized you just changed and that's okay. And you get to give yourself the permission to try new things, to take new risks, knowing that you can change your mind if you don't like how it turns out, but you get to put yourself first because your business was also built to support you. And if it's not feeling good, what's the point? Such a powerful message. And also, you know, I recognize that some of us are high risk takers and low risk takers. And I love that you did bring up that there's an element of risk because there always is, you know, there's trade-offs, things like that. But also I have to say, like, if you're doing something and not getting the results you want and you're feeling bad, you can see yourself like, you know, going down and down, like spiraling, getting more exhausted, et cetera. Like, yes, there is a risk, but what are you really like risking? Because it's obviously not working. So like the, you know, also reevaluating that risk and trying something new could be the one thing that allows you to get those clients and sales with ease. So I would encourage listeners to kind of reevaluate that because what I am, you know, hearing a lot from my community is this sense of risk. But I was like, but if it's not working for you and you're not getting results, then there isn't that like the risk is like low. And like you said, you can change your mind. You can go back. You can, and it's cool to hear that you're also posting, you know, reels when it's fun and stuff like that. There's so many other things you can do. And then, you know, just don't post them to the feed. You can just have them and share them and things like that. So, you know, really what risk are you taking when you're doing the same thing over and over and not getting the results, which is the perfect segue into my next question, which I'm asking um, everyone who's a guest on the pod recently, because I'm really interested in learning how other business owners have thrown out the rule book and grown their business their own way. So would you mind sharing how, this innovative social media strategy has helped you to build a more aligned, sustainable and profitable business. Yeah. So just from a very practical perspective, my main goal when I did this was actually not to make more sales because I wasn't making sales on Instagram anyway. That was just going to be a fun effect. If I got that result, that would have been the icing on the cake, but that was not my first goal. My first goal was to feel rest because I was so exhausted that I could not turn my brain off. It was a problem. And immediately after I took this live, I felt a huge weight release and it was weird, but it was also so natural. And I wondered why I hadn't done it yet. And through that experience, I actually feel like I had to take that risk, take that first step to actually understand and learn about myself that I work slowly and that's okay. I have never been the person that feels really motivated by very hustle-based marketing. I've never really felt excited when people talk about writing in their planners and vision boarding for the next quarter. I work at a slower pace. I am a little bit more spontaneous and I've been trying so hard for so many years to fit myself into the box of somebody else, I didn't realize that that was crushing me. And so giving myself this permission showed me, oh, that's why that didn't feel good. 
it gave me room to actually try new things. And it helped me become more aware of my own needs because I had just one (laughs) imperfect flash of courage enough to just try something that I wasn't sure would last. I know more about myself today because I said yes to myself. And that has allowed me to view my business decisions differently ever since. So now I filter them based on, does this actually feel good to me? Do I think I have to do it that way? Or do I actually have to do it that way? Is there another way that I could attempt to get the same result, but will make me feel better? And it's helped me make slower decisions that have actually had better results and build different packages, services, products that have actually made me feel really happy and creative. And so, yeah, I would just say that this whole experiment, and that's what I've always called it, an experiment, has really helped me build a more aligned and sustainable business, first and foremost. And that has become a profitable one too. Like now most of my sales happen through Instagram and that was never my first goal, but seeing it happen has proved to me that it is totally possible for us to build businesses based on our own values and we don't have to build it like everybody else. Such a powerful message. And thank you so much for sharing that can totally resonate every time I make an aligned decision that I also know that will feel good for the foreseeable future. Obviously knowing, like we said, we can change our minds. Then the profit comes yet. I do feel like a lot of us are on Instagram and I'm not calling anyone out. I'm calling us in. Cause I think that is the hustle culture. Like you mentioned, alluded to and everyone on Instagram is like, you know, do a dancing reel and you'll get heaps of followers and things like that know, leads that we do sort of come onto Instagram being like money, 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 money. That's all we're kind of like looking to have. And so I think approaching social media or any kind of marketing channel or tactic in your business from a point of alignment and sustainability, it's good because that's when the profit comes like afterwards. And I think yours is a really incredible story too. And I appreciate you sharing, you know, you weren't getting leads from Instagram. That was never the sort of aim. It was just so you could continue to show up and enjoy your business and share you know, your thought leadership and your services. And then now everything's changed. But imagine if you'd kept coming on Instagram being like, I need the money, I need the money, or I need followers, I need like leads. It was clearly never going to like allow you to like get that profit. Yeah. Can I just be honest? That was me way before I decided to execute this strategy. I was that person. I was constantly frustrated that I didn't have the metrics that a lot of my peers did. I was confused. I started taking it personally. I thought it meant something about me. I thought that people wouldn't trust me if I didn't hit certain numbers and they wouldn't see me as an expert if I had not built my account to a certain amount of followers. And I came on pitching more and more and more, but never getting results. And it was because I wasn't, my heart wasn't in it. Like my heart, was actually focused on the wrong parts and I was getting weary and I was getting tired and it was kind of leaking out into these bad decisions that were not aligned with what I actually wanted to use my Instagram for. And so by allowing myself the space to actually rest, I got to show up more authentically and I had more genuine conversations with people. I made 
way more friendships that were super authentic, very aligned. Now, almost everybody that I'm attached to, I'm like, I like you guys. I love hearing from you. I love your perspective. I would love to meet you in person. I don't feel like you're my competition. I feel like you're my friend. And that has softened me. And when you have a soft heart and when you can kind of step back from all of those boxes that you think you have to fill, like you just, you have more self-awareness to make decisions that are empathetic, ethical, compassionate for you, for your customers. It's a trickle down process. It's a ripple effect. It, It changes everything. I totally agree. Like if you start serving yourself and recognizing your own humanity, you can then recognize humanity in others and serve them in the best way possible. And until you do that, it's just a mismatch like equation, like every time it just never equals up. So if a business owner wanted to create their own nine Greek Instagram funnel or like a similar approach, kind of apply it to other areas of the business, what are three simple things that they can do today? This is really great. I love this. So I have created a lot of little highlights filled with like DIY tips. If you want to look into how I created my nine grid and you can go to my Instagram, my handle is at going ultraviolet. If you want to kind of noodle around there and see those things. But if you're just thinking of how can I use some of this as inspiration going forward on my Instagram, here's what I would recommend. The whole point of what I did was to create a sales funnel and a sales funnel is used to capture new leads, to give them all the information, all the details that they need to understand who you are and see if you're even worth following. And so what I think people need to know, whether they do the nine grid or not, is most of the time, and as a copywriter who has worked on dozens of websites, sales pages, sales funnel, pieces of content, I see this all the time. It's not that you're not nailing your messaging. It's probably not that your product or service isn't great. The problem is probably that you are not giving enough basic details about what you're actually selling. Instead of focusing so hard on all of this emotional persuasion, we need to be focusing on the information about our products that shoppers actually need and and actually sell like a human. Talk about our offers from a very human perspective. And to make it super simple, I tell people, if you know how to shop, then you know how to sell. When you go to your favorite store and you are looking for something, let's say you need to buy a vacuum, you know what you need to read. You need to read the features of the vacuum. You need to read what's included in the box. You need to read what the price is. You need to read what kind of person this vacuum is best for and what household it's not best for. Because if you have a pet and you get a vacuum that can't handle a pet, you know, that's a problem. So I would just encourage you to look for ways that you can start making it more clear what your offer actually comes with. Because that's why people feel hesitant with you. That's why people don't want to read your sales page because you made it feel kind of sneaky or you hid the information and it just feels like it's too complicated for them to go find on their own. They'd rather save their time and look somewhere else. So just be more clear, be more upfront and actually get pretty practical. I also think that if you're interested in working with the nine grids specifically, then you should focus on identifying your priority offers that you want to be pitching more often. It's okay to talk about your offers. It's okay to mention them often. Selling is good. It's not scary. It's not a bad thing. 
It's not sleazy to sell. And you need to be consistent with how you speak about what you're selling. So identify your first priority offer. And that's going to be the item, the product, the service that you want to sell the most of. That doesn't have to be your most expensive, um, but it could be your main income driver if you want. Or it could just be something you want to point people towards and you want them to know that most about you. Pick that one. And then occasionally you want to talk about a downsell, an upsell, or a complimentary offer that kind of goes with it. And then that third priority thing that you need to talk about often is something that's free that helps nurture relationship and help them to enter the sales funnel somewhere else. So that could be your email list or something like that. But if you really keep it simple to those three things and talk about them a bit more consistently, you will help people get to know you for those things. And that's the whole point of your sales funnel. You want people to find that information quickly and easily. Such great advice. And yes, I totally agree with you. We have business owners on the internet gone a little bit too far with the like the benefits and the get to know me's and not enough on the features anymore. And I know we always talk as copywriters and, you know, as a marketing coach, I'm always like, you know, you need to talk to the benefits, you know, the transformation, getting them from point A to point B. But I totally agree with you when you're saying that like, and then you say, okay, cool. So like, how long is a coaching program? And like, I don't know, or they're like, oh, I haven't said that. And I was like, well, someone also needs to know if it's six months, four months, 12 months, six years. Like, again, I feel like we're just focusing so much on like, I got a result or I got money or look at me or, you know, my clients are lovely. I'm loving life. But yeah, we totally have forgot to talk about what's actually included in a service or a product or a program. Yes. So I love that you pull that up because you're so right. When we're purchasing, we are logically wanting to tick off certain things in our list. And then mm-hmm. obviously we do have the emotional buy, but that should be coming later, but we are leading with it. And I can see how a feed strategy such as yours would be so good because it's it's doing both. And then in stories, you could be talking about both and then people can get to know you. So it's doing everything, but mm-hmm. the actual information, because let's be real, if we're going to buy anything, a vacuum cleaner, or a coaching program or a copywriting service, I am going, cool, I like this person. Yes, they're going to give me these bonuses. Yes, they can write this many web pages. Yes, I can provide them information like I am. And that's a very sort of tick box, logical features thing. And then the emotional response is kind of around it. So I love that you brought that up because you're so right. Many of us, credible humans, incredible services, products, doing incredible work but we're not talking about the right thing. And that's why everyone's like, swipe, swipe, swipe. And they keep on scrolling. Yeah. And what I would say is the reason why we feel like we have to revert to emotional persuasion. The reason we get tempted to manipulate people or to use the pressure tactics to get them to buy is because if they don't have enough details, right? They don't have enough practical details about what our offer is. There's no other way to persuade them. So we have to bend their mind or we have to bend their heart. But if we just gave them the information that they needed, the more qualified people are going to start buying those things. So it's okay to add some values in there. It's okay to share about yourself, some empathetic storytelling that doesn't exacerbate pain, but actually empathetically and honestly connects with people. That's still lovely. That's still wonderful and necessary in a lot of cases. But the reason it's going to feel hard to persuade somebody is when you're trying to manipulate them without just actually helping them shop. They just want you to help them shop. That's all that they really need. And all of that that you're doing with providing those details, writing 
a really thoughtful sales page, listing those inclusions clearly, talking about your pricing or your payment plans, those things actually build relationship because that builds trust in you. And when somebody trusts you, even if they are not ready to buy right now, and even if they're not the right person, they're going to tell their friends about you. And that's how you create this beautiful cycle of lead generation where people have heard good things and they're going to come to you and the people who are well qualified are going to have no problem paying you. Totally agree. And yeah, instead of being like, I need to just spam them to death with content in the hope that eventually will convert. I think this approach one is more ethical, sustainable, and just like so much easier to do when you think about it. And I think, again, that might be why some of us are feeling the burn of going onto Instagram and each time be like, oh, why isn't generating sales? You know, like I'm sharing all this content. Well, content doesn't necessarily equal sales and leads. It's the strategy and the thought behind it, which you so beautifully shared today. So if you wanted listeners to take away one thing about creating a social media strategy that works for them, what would it be? I think for me, it boils down to, I would just encourage you not to be afraid to try something new. Even if it feels scary, you can always change your mind. Like do not hang back because you think you have to make permanent decisions. You are allowed to look for different ways to execute something similar. There are so many brilliant minds out there creating strategies that will work better for you. You do not have to follow a strategy just because someone else says it's the best one. You get to choose what is aligned for you. And even if it feels uncomfortable, even if it makes you nervous, I think a lot of the times when we take those risks to be brave, they pay off in some way. And it teaches a lot about ourselves in the process. So I just, I, for anybody who's listening, I believe in you, that you are capable of looking for new ways to do the same incredible things. Such a powerful message to end on. So thank you so much for coming on to the Rachel Kujip show and for sharing your story, insights and wisdom. I know listeners are going to take away so much from what you shared here today. Thank you so much. <laughs>